0: Thank you, Zach and Chuck. Chuck, you did a great job. We're going to have to have you back up here to do that more often. That's pretty cool. I uh, am so thankful for these guys as well as the rest of the student ministry team as we engage in the young people of our church and their friends, and hopefully maybe you have some young people. Uh, The idea of getting somebody to come to a, a retreat, like what they're going to have at Idlewild is huge. If it was not for some retreat and camp experiences in my youth, I wouldn't be standing before you today. But you pull kids out of their environment. You put them around some good community. You really challenge them with the heart of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. And the Holy Spirit works and changes and transforms. So do not hesitate. Get your kids at retreat, parents. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that too bold? Uh, We just need you to be the spiritual leaders in your homes and get them to formative experiences where they can really meet up with the Lord Jesus Christ. We began a little bit of a dialogue last week. And I want to continue that dialogue today. We talked about creating anew for 2022. I mentioned that 30 years ago, my wife and I, Melissa, uh, we started a church, and that was our anniversary of 30 years ago from that first church plant. And that here we are in this season of our life, looking at what God would have us do in our personal lives, with us in ministry, and also for you in your life, because God's gifted you with a new year. And I want us to continue to be anchored on this idea of creating something new that has never existed before. 30 years ago, it was looking for something new in 1992. And uh, when I was standing on the upper precipice of the Signature End at 38th Street and 465 in Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, we didn't know if anybody would show up or not. And people came. And they became a formative community for a thriving church that still exists today on the northwest side of Indianapolis. And uh, that initiative, when you're younger, is sometimes easier to take, isn't it? And some of you, the older, are going, yeah, yeah, you know. You're just sort of innocent. You're, you're ignorant at times. It's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's start a church from scratch. No people, no building, no money. Let's make it happen, right? And God can bring about his beauty through initiative like that but as we get older sometimes we get a little more settled in our ways we got more responsibility kids responsibilities and i just want to encourage us as we look at 2022 it's no different than 1992 right god still is dwelling within you if you're a follower of jesus christ and for you to create something new out of scratch in one sense uh before his sovereign leadership is what we were created to do So I want to pick up back with that conversation, and I actually want to have a conversation with someone this morning, and uh, I would like to invite him up. Some of you do not uh, know this, but I have an oldest son, Melissa and I do, and I would like to invite uh, Ryan James Bowman up to uh, share with me around this table. You're welcome. (laughs) Welcome, Ryan. Hi. Good to see you. No. There you go. There you are. Hi, everybody.
1: (laughs) Um, I know some of you guys don't know me. My name's Ryan. Um, I'm Melissa and Carrie's oldest, uh, and despite the fact that... So he
0: was the trial run?
1: You know, Uh, know, I was the trial run, and then, yeah. Despite the fact that Zach looks and acts like a 50-year-old man, I am his (laughs) older brother. Um, So, (laughs) but I live in L.A., and I I come to visit them. I I don't know. I try, like once a month, yeah, the once every other month.
0: Not, especially during COVID, because you can work remotely.
1: Yep, and so. you know, the last 10 days, <laughs> it's yeah, really convenient. Really I, the I had COVID the past like <laughs> 15 days. So, you know, first day out of COVID quarantine has been great. So thanks mom yeah. for taking care of me.
0: That yeah, was he great. He <laughs> away for two weeks. I know so many families are going through that. We haven't had word this morning of some people that were gonna be a part of things in that journey, but thankfully it's not as severe and that kind of thing. And people are recovering from it. Um, Last week, Ryan, uh, I mentioned that he gave me a really great Christmas present, and it was just this simple book. And this book um, is entitled The Artisan Soul by Erwin McManus, who is your pastor. You go to um, uh, church in Hollywood at Mosaic, and uh, I made mention of the first line. I'm just going to read that first line again to you because When he gave me the book, he didn't just give me a book to read. Hey, Dad, here's a book to read. He gave me a part of himself. And on the subject that we're sharing on today, you know, because he was around the house, I said, you know, could you just come and dialogue? And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, because um, actually this book has helped me at the beginning of this year recalibrate my own life. Looking for something new in 1992? Raw, let's do it. Oh, here we are. We made it through another year of COVID, 2022. Surely it's got to be better. And God's quickened my heart to say don't rest on your laurels, which is like maybe a Midwestern term or whatever, but it's don't don't shrink back from what you're calling me to do. And Ryan spends every day of his life in an industry, the media entertainment industry, seeking to create and craft. And um so when he gave me this book, he wrote notes all the way through the book of how this book was impactful to your life. Dad, These are books. there are books that occasionally align so closely with your soul. You think, quote, was this written just for me? This is one of those books to me. And so I'm marking my way through this. Uh, Ryan thinks I should be going faster than I am, but I'm, tr- I'm trying to you know, uh, just reflect on it and work with it but um one of the quotes ryan um i want you a couple of the quotes actually i want you to interact on with me but could you just share a little bit with the people what you do in the media entertainment the creative world that you're a part of and um, how you ended up there yeah
1: sure um so i work at universal studio group which is the tv production arm of nbc universal um, and i'm a coordinator in the office of the chairman there um which is a very complicated thing to try to explain but basically like hollywood's like the last medieval guild system that's left in the universe and so you have like a a high up executive has like an apprentice you know if you will like the show the apprentice um and so i'm kind of her apprentice and I do everything from running her entire life to being kind of a chief of staff in a way for her senior staff and figuring out kind of um, the administrative functions and how we as a studio are collaborating with other parts of the company. Um, But then I'm also in training to be a creative executive, uh, which are the people who manage the writers, producers, and directors on our 131 shows, I think it is, as of last week, across 27 different networks. And we have shows on... NBC, like the Chicago's, and Law and Orders, and SNL, or on Netflix, we have Never Have I Ever, or uh, Umbrella Academy, or like Ted Lasso on Apple TV. So we kind of work across the entire industry. Um, and I, I don't know, I've, I've known for a while I was going into the entertainment industry in some fashion. Like
0: when you were 12, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I was kind of that freak growing up that knows exactly what he wants to do and just like, sets his mind to it. Um, But it all started with Kids Company, which uh, my mom did at our old church and has also done at this church as well, a a theater company that um, really teaches kids that, you know, it's okay to be creative, it's okay to be an artist, um, and that you can be used, you know, through God in that. Uh, And then I went from that to community theater and uh, school theater, and then I found out that you can actually do this for a living, and, you know make some decent money with it, too. So I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do with my career. Um, and so I dragged my family out to California, I think maybe three times or something during high school, because I was like, well, I'm, I'm going out there, so we're going to go look at schools. Like, You guys are going to get used to me being a Californian. Um, and on one of our trips, m- my mom was having a hard time with her oldest son <laughs> moving clear across the country. Um, and I, I don't know if she realizes how... Blunt, she said this statement, but at one point, I could tell she was having a very emotional day about all of it. And she said, Ryan, are you just doing this because you want to do it and for yourself, or did God actually tell you to do this? And I was so offended at the time, at that statement. I was like, what? <laughs> who are you, you know, mom, to tell me that? Um, but then I, I let it digest, and I realized, like, oh, well, I, I wanted to do this because I enjoy working in the arts and being creative. Uh, But I didn't actually really set my heart and mind to it and ask if that's what God wants from me. Um, And it was at a youth camp, you know, just as you were talking, the importance of these youth camps, parents, I can't understate them. Um, I would not be the person I am today without.
0: Probably not. Yeah.
1: Anyway. (laughs) Um, But at at a youth camp, um, our, our speaker was talking about risking boldly And um, going after whatever God is setting your heart to and your purpose and what you're called to. And so I kind of laid it on the floor and said, okay, God, like, this is what I want to do. But I recognize, like, whatever you have in store for me is probably better than anything that I can come up with. Um, And I was really nervous he was going to say no, because, you know, God doesn't often tell people to go work in Hollywood. but uh, it, it was in one of the sermons on that camp uh, where they were talking about, um, the he called them the 13th floors in the world. Um, these places that were, uh, places that the church had just written off as, you know, unsavable. They, just, they are what they are, and they are our enemy. And, you know, we just have to, like, find a way to get around the world just knowing that they exist. Um, and the speaker was calling out Christian's definition of these 13th floors of the world you know think about old buildings skip the 13th floor because it was unlucky he was like what are those places in your life that God's calling you to that maybe you've written off or that other people have written off and that's when it really hit me that I to me the entertainment industry growing up in the church since I was born was always an other place and um that that wasn't something that was part of the church. That was just a different side of society and and at times the enemy of the church in society. Um, And so I really felt like that was my calling to go there, not to make Christian films, um, nothing against Christian films, but, well, dad knows I don't like Christian films. (laughs) Um, I find them a little cheesy, but I, I didn't want to go there to make Christian films or to specifically make Christian content or to go in there and to Bible bash people. I... I go to this church on the corner of Hollywood and La Brea and there's always, always some lunatic a block away preaching about how we're all going to hellfire and damnation. Um, and I didn't want to be that guy, you know, or even a toned down version of that guy. Um, but I realized that God was calling me to my 13th floor of the world just to be the man of God that I am and hopefully redefine what being a Christian is for a lot of these people. So.
0: And um, one of the reasons I wanted Ryan to share today a little bit is because of this book and the whole industry that he's a part of. But if I can just share this with you as parents, you can identify with this. We live our days 24-7, 365, nurturing and raising a home. And sometimes it goes fairly well, sometimes it's a challenge. But... It's not just the journey of being in this creative environment uh, that he is in, but it's also to see what God's doing in his life. Just like what you're seeing God do in some of your kids' life as they are leaning in. It lasted a while. As they are leaning in to hear God's voice to become what he wants them to become. And it's been a nice front row seat to see God work with that. There's some highs and lows into it. There's some different kinds of roads you've gone down, lot that of kind of stuff. But uh, overall, there's just immense pleasure in seeing God's work in crafting him into some of the things that he put in his heart. And if you're creating a new in 2022, maybe it's just being that faithful person in the home. To love on your kid your child and inspire them and encourage them whether it's the 13th floor i forgot about that analogy uh, or something else because god has called you to develop and nurture and create and so part of the reason that just the up connection here up close is just to be able to see you know hey here's an example i'm in the same world you're in and trying to champion and cheer on our kids as they grow up through the years Ryan, the church that you're a part of, Irwin's Church, uh, who wrote this book, he has a quote, and I threw this quote up last week, and it says this, creativity is the natural result of spirituality. Creativity is the natural result of spirituality. And that resonates with you. Um, and we talked last week that this whole thing of creative arts, I mean, 131 shows, thats you're not painting on a canvas, right? You're not sculpturing, but you're working with people who are crafting story. And storyline that's hopefully impactful in some places, hopefully maybe just sort of a, a brevity of life and, and being able to enjoy life more. But um, you are in that art world, crafting and creating in a different kind of dimension than maybe some of us do who are doing it in our marketplace, in uh, our homes, whatever it may be. And so this statement, creativity is a natural result of spirituality, is a statement your church in Irwin um, has Uh, excitedly challenged everyone with no matter if you think you can't do a drawing or not right why is this such a powerful statement to you um, for life and your relationship with God yeah. I, I mean,
1: when you think about that statement, um, it is rather bold and, and probably scary to a lot of people that don't consider themselves creative individuals. Um, and my pastor, long before I came to the church 10 years ago, um, when he made this a fundamental principle of our church, he got a lot of pushback on it. And a lot of people were saying, this is just so unfair. This is placing an unfair burden on people that if, they, if they're if they not creative, that they're going to think that you know they aren't right with God. You have to redefine what you mean by creativity in this. Um, Creativity is not the first impression that you have that you're an artist painting on a canvas or that you are a filmmaker crafting a story. Um, But what creativity is, is creativity is finding the, the purpose in what you've been given and thinking outside of the box and the ingenuity that you bring to your life. I think a lot of times for us, it's easy to fall into just the day-to-day habits of things um, and kind of just go through life on autopilot. And this statement is specifically calling that out. It's saying that if you are spiritually healthy, you are not on autopilot. You are looking around to whatever God's given you, whether that be working on TV shows like I do, or you are leading a team at work at a company that sells magnets, or you are raising a family and nurturing Future human beings that are going to go off and have their own awesome stories and bring lots of awesome stuff to the world. If you're not thinking creatively, if you're not thinking outside of the box, if you're not thinking about how to drive purpose every single day into whatever it is that God has tasked you in life, then yeah, then maybe there are some spiritual checkpoints that you have to go through. Um, but when we are fully alive in Christ, if I'm going to be cheesy and use your, your phrase, um, he likes his slogans. Um, if we are going to be fully alive slogan, in Christ. <laughs> if we are going to be spiritually healthy, creativity, purpose, ingenuity—those are things that naturally are going to come out of that in whatever God has given you in your life.
0: I'm just impressed you remembered fully alive in Christ. That's pretty good. I to <laughs> say it all the time. I I, there you go. There you go. I do occasionally. Yeah, every now, to your now and then, your kids I, pick <laughs> up things, right? You never know. But sometimes come back. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Ryan, I know on, a, on this whole aspect, uh, some of your journey has been with Christianity itself and the church itself, that kind of thing, but so many times uh, it does come across being a Christian and a disciple of Jesus Christ as uh, something that's not in the realm of creativity, but it's more in the realm of like we looked at last week, and like Erwin says, it was some of the pushback he got, oh, just be a worker bee, just be a worker bee, just obey. And so it's like fall in line. And there's this concept that in the Christian faith, and maybe you come from this background, maybe you're sitting here today with this, that what this Christian faith is about is conformity. Conformity. You fit this mold. That bothers you a lot. A lot.
1: (laughs) Why? So one of the things that my pastor talks about in this book um, is that and I actually wrote my senior thesis paper on this, if you remember, um, is that somewhere along the way in the past, I would say, 70 years, the church has replaced creativity with conformity. The church used to be the epicenter of culture. It used to be where music was made, where, you know, art was made. used to be where science was derived from and funded from. And somewhere in the past 70 years... Mm the church, especially the American church, has decided that we've, we live in a subculture, that we have to remove ourselves from culture. Um, I got so frustrated just even (laughs) talking to you the other day about it that I, I just said, I just feel like churches are sometimes like Amish people. Like they just live entirely separate lives. And (laughs) I know I've always been dramatic. (laughs) Um, but, but what this book goes into is that that shouldn't be the case, that we, we follow a faith and a truth that we know that is stems from a creator and someone who is innately creative. And so why have we lost that in, in the church? Why isn't the church leading um, forward culturally anymore? Um, and so a lot of what I'm trying to do in my industry is just open up the conversation between artists and the church. And I am very fortunate to go to a church that's filled with artists. Um, mm-hmm. We I, did I, I don't know if I told you about this. Erwin was praying over like certain work sectors and praying that God would bless them and, and with their purpose that God's called them to. And he was like, okay, healthcare workers stand up. And he prayed over them. And, and he was like, education sectors stand up. And he prayed over them. And then he asked for the entertainment section of our church to stand up. And I go to a church that, I mean, has like 5,000 people, but in one service maybe has what 400, 500. I'm not kidding you. 90% of the church stood up. Um, and that was so cool to me because I was like, here, here are hundreds of people that are living creative lives as Christians and realize that it doesn't have to be a dichotomy. Um, creativity doesn't have to be the enemy of the church and that, um, yes, there are, there are rules and there are guidelines that God gives us to live our most fulfilled and purposeful lives. Um, but you can still find and live creativity through that.
0: And what you're finding in Hollywood is that there's more than we might think <laughs> that are living that yeah, I, faith journey. So
1: I use the phrase thirteenth floor, um, and I I went into this industry thinking I was going to be the only Christian that I would talk to ever at work, and that like you know this was a dark and depressed and sad world. And um, I've now been in it for ten years, and I'm here to tell you. Uh, There's lots of Christians in Hollywood. (laughs) I work with several of them. There's lots of Christians who openly talk about being Christians. Um, Also, some of the nicest, most generous, awesome people that I know in my life are in the entertainment industry. It's not this cesspool of sin like a lot of um, Christians think of. And, you know, I've told you before, I sometimes feel I, I rarely ever get discriminated for being a Christian in the entertainment industry. I frequently get discriminated for being in the entertainment industry by Christians. Um, And I hear a lot of people say, like, oh, well, I hope you're doing okay in that world, or I I hope you're not letting them get to you, or you got to stay strong, or you got to watch out for them, because they're going to try to attack you.
0: That's not true. As much as you want to sound. I um, want to throw up another quote here uh, of Irwin's, and uh, maybe you can unpack that a little bit, but Uh, I want to unpack it a little bit more following our interview here with people. But it's this quote here. He says, you are both a work of art and an artist at work. You're both a work of art. What's going on behind that? Why does he make that statement? And then you are an artist at work. Yeah. Um, So this book is really written in the language of artists.
1: And what I mean by that is like, it's a little rambly, kind of like how I feel like I am up here right now. Um, or, you know, it's very poetic and every single word in it was written with intention as if the book itself was a piece of art. Um, and so you, you dissect this phrase and you realize that there's two parts to it. Um, and the first is that we are both a work of art. And I don't know about you, but I don't wake up in the morning Feeling like a work of art a lot of times. <laughs> I, I don't wake up feeling like the Mona Lisa or feeling like a Shakespearean <laughs> play or feeling like my favorite Oscar-winning film. Um, if anything, I wake up feeling like a third-grade art fair project that was just rushed and put together. <laughs> um, but the, the meaning behind that is that we are created by a creative being. And therefore, we are prized work of art and that's a really hard thing for a lot of us to um, to really fully own especially those of us who are working in the entertainment industry let me tell you does not i've worked with some of the world's greatest uh, most famous talent every single one of us is all Mm. terrified and insecure and have a lot of self-esteem issues and so that phrase really cuts through, at least to my friends and and to myself, that before we can really understand anything else about God, we have to understand that we ourselves are a prized work of art. And once you understand that, then you can go into realizing that we are made in the image of a creator, and therefore, we are innately creative. And we ourselves are artists at work. If we're made in the image of an artist, we are artists. And so as you are challenging people to figure out what are you doing with 2022? What is it that God's put in your life that you are trying to be strategic and purposeful about? Um, I challenge you to, to view your life as if you're an artist. Like I said, whether it's leading your business or it's leading your home, there's a way that you can be thinking creatively um, and, and like an artist to think about what story are you going to tell this year? What image of God, what
0: image of Christ are you going to put off to the world? And that's what's being endeared to my heart all over again from this. Thank you, Ryan, so much for being able to share with us. Is there any, I guess, parting word or something God's doing in your heart, in your life, for us to be able to even, if you think of him, pray for him. We talk about uh, fully alive in Christ and to his mission. Ryan's mission is to be able to be in the creative entertainment media world and to be able to be an influence and a presence for Jesus and be able to shine light. Uh, there are some places of darkness, for sure, but there's also some really great places of light that God's working at. But is there anything on your heart just to share as what God's doing in your spirit at this moment?
1: Um, yeah, you know, if you just pray for for me and for all the other Christians that are working in my industry, a lot of what we're tasked to do, like I said, is not to necessarily make Christian films or to Bible bash people over the head, but is really just to redefine what the definition of Christianity and the church is to these people. Um, I, I approach it in a way that I'm, I'm someone's friend first and their Christian friend second. Um, and so I, I develop a friendship at work, and then it just naturally comes up in conversation, my faith or, you know, what I'm doing on Sunday. Um, and they're always taken back by that, and they're always like, oh, but you're, you're not judgmental. Like, you, you know what my lifestyle is, and I don't feel like you hate me. And I hate that that's the impression that they have of Christians, because that's not my impression of Christians, for the most part. <laughs> um, you know, my my impressions of Christians are people who love each other. I, this week, as I was sitting in COVID quarantine, my mom was running in and out of the house all week, making meals for people who also had COVID. My mom was giving me two, three meals a day. That is what Christianity is to me. Um, and, and I'm just, I pray that me and my other Christian friends in our industry, that we can help change the definition of, of what a Christian is in these people's minds. Um, you know, so just, just pray that we stick with that, because that's not an easy task, and it's a pretty high bar that we set on ourselves, knowing that every day my interactions with someone are defining their view of who God is. So,
0: Will you pray with me, Lord Jesus? We pray for Ryan, but we also pray for all of the followers of you, Jesus, and the entertainment industry, in particular here in this neck of the woods in Southern California. Lord, even some that are part of our congregation, maybe even watching online, Lord, may there be the power of your spirit working through their life moment by moment to keep them full of you and be able to keep them not uh, conformed to some standard, but to be transformed by the renewing of your spirit in their life as they're formed into your image. And Lord, as they're formed into your image, may that creative aspect come out in all kinds of different ways. And Lord, may we in our worlds, as we work with creativity as a part of our spirituality, do likewise, just allow your transformation to work in us as we seek to bring your glory to um, your kingdom. Lord, we ask that you would help us to be sensitive to what uh, we're sharing here and even here this morning, Lord, that there's an understanding that we are works of art created in your image and that we are artists at work, that we are going forward uh, in your name to be able to forward your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven in beautiful, um, transparent ways. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, son. You got your scriptures? Oh, I got to use this mic. You got your scriptures? I want to uh, look at a few things that tie back into what we were just sharing there together with, and uh, to make sure that, I guess, uh, the point's hammered home, if it hasn't been already, from last week and some of the thoughts here this morning. Um, I am uh, sort of titled uh, this little part, because uh, I'm cheesy, Ryan, um, is that... Uh, Creating a new in 2022. Well, this is creating a new part two. And uh, the part two has to do with what God's doing in a big picture kind of way. And uh, Ryan gave reference to it. Let's just go back to it. In Genesis, the very first verses that we have in our Bibles are these In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, what? God created. Your first image of God is that he's developing, he's creating, he's crafting, he's developing something that he hasn't not seen or had before. He created, and he created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, there's so much about the creation that we're like scratching our head. Really? How did that come about? What's going on? I was reminded this morning that there's a little machine uh, operating on Mars right now that's rolling around on wheels and doing investigation. And they're discovering some different things. and, And I saw some pictures and I'm thinking, how long has that been there? And Was there ever anything else on Mars? And they're trying to figure that out. But Mars is just one of gazillion kinds of planets in the universe. And our God who created everything, the uncaused cause of the universe, who stood back and he created Big Bang or whatever, he's an artist. And he says, let's see what we can do with this. And he picks this this ball that's floating out there, swirling around a star. And he says, I'm going to grab a hold of that, this this thing that's formless and empty that maybe he created uh, billions of years prior. I don't know. It's formless and void. There's darkness over the surface of the deep, and I'm going to create life. And so in the very heart of God, of who he is, he's the creator. And if we move away from the concept of God being able to be a creator to thinking that God's just sort of a killjoy or he's a restrictor, he's a one who's making you to conform to things, then we are not understanding the heart of the Creator who is now within us if we're a follower of him and we've invited God to come into our life. It goes on in uh, the next section, right? Genesis 1:27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. So, in his divine sovereignty, he separated the night from the day, created the waters, created the plants, created the animals, and he said, You know what? Now's my masterpiece. My masterpiece is I'm going to create human beings. And he created us male and female. He didn't come up with a list of 20 other options. He says, you know, two genders. I'm going to those, allow those to come together and create life and procreate and continue on this community through generations and millenniums. And he's overseeing all that. What's God doing today? He's overseeing all of his creation. He's here through his spirit, the word says. He's not a killjoy. He's not a, hey, just fall in line, be a worker bee. He's like, hey, let's keep doing this. Now we know what happened after creation, right? There was the fall, sin entered the world through Adam and Eve. Yeah, because he gave mankind the ability to choose, right? What kind of a person is it that's forced to love you? So he gave the option for mankind to choose to love him, and they cho- chose to disobey. Sin entered the world, the fall of mankind. There was brokenness. It's brokenness that we experience even to this very day and hour. Is God's scratching his head going, man, that went wrong. I had to fix it. Hey, got anybody got help here to fix this thing? He's not wondering. He's fixing it. He's redeeming mankind first through uh, Christ coming, living, dying, and being raised from the grave, uh, providing a provision for the forgiveness of sin, not only for the penalty of sin, but the power of sin. And Jesus Christ is part of uh, you know that whole redemptive solution. But there's something that stands before us. And we reference it sometimes around here because I'm a big picture kind of guy. I guess that's why I have some affinity for trying to craft story in big picture. I like the big meta epic that God is creating that's going on. And so there is creating a new part two. You know where you find the part two at in scripture? It's in the last book of the Bible. In the book of Revelation, it says this in chapter 21, the vision that the apostle John was having. He said, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. A lot of imagery there. It's not just storyline. This is reality that stands before us. If you're wondering where this world's going right now, especially with all the problems and the challenges and the crisis and catastrophes, read the back of the book. We win and God recreates. He's creating a new heaven and a new earth. That is our destiny. So we live between these times, right, of the first creation and the second recreation. And he's recreating the heavens. He's recreating the earth. And I think we're all going to be pleasantly surprised on the wow factor. Wow. That's cool, especially because through Christ, sin is done away with, right? He wipes every tear from our eye. And those who are a part of that eternal kingdom are those who are seekers and followers of God. And that's the challenge to you and I today, especially if you've never crossed that line of faith and committed your life to be a follower of Jesus, is that that eternal realm that he's recreating is going to not be filled with a bunch of people. You're going to have to be locking your doors because you're afraid of them. There's going to be beauty and there's going to be harmony and there's going to be oneness because of Jesus Christ and the one who sits on the throne, the Lamb who was slain. This new city coming down, out of the heavens is a destiny it says just a few verses after that one of my favorite verses in scripture Revelation 21 5 and he who was seated on the throne said behold I am making all things new are you discouraged today, maybe in your personal life, maybe by the world around you, your work environment? God's sovereign God. Sovereign means in control of all things and all ways at all times. He's not at loss and he's in control. And what he's doing and being in control is he's working as a creator, recreating all things. All things are being made new. And so I tell you what, I do get anxious about a lot of what I see happening in our culture on different kinds of stages and institutions. But if it wasn't for a deep appreciation for the sovereignty of God, and that he's making all things new, I might get really freaked out and have a lot of anxiety. But that's not me. That's not for me. It's not my role. The one who created all things and is recreating, it's in his hands. And just a smile comes to my face with this verse. And behold, I'm making all things new. Creating a new, part two, in your life, are you experiencing it or are you challenged? Are you challenged to believe that God's really working in your life? You see, this aspect of uh, what's coming in the future uh, should bring hope into our present day because he's not just, hey, you know, endure, persevere, hang in there, tough it out conform whatever it is and you wait and sometimes that's the concept that i think that churches sometimes we can fall prey to is like oh we're saved for now but man the really bad stuff's happening now we just gotta hold on until jesus comes Well, no he's crafting and redoing some incredible things right now and he's making all things new now as surely as he'll make all things new in the end time he was the creator god from the beginning he is the creator god into eternity we will rule and reign with him. A lot of times we don't think past the life after life after death, as one author, author puts it, because there is a life after life after death, and it goes on into eternity. And what are we going to be doing? We're going to be co-rulers. We're going to be reigning with him. Do you think he as a creator artist is going to sit back and say, I'm done? I think I had my hat at it. We're just going to maintain. No. We live with a creator artist person for eternity. And so, as we shared in our dialogue back and forth, that creator God lives and dwells within you as a follower of him. And you need to tap in to that source. Tap in to the flow of that life. And whether it's in creating and crafting a beautiful home, or working on your marriage to craft and create it, whether it's a doing a startup business and and thinking through how you can you know provide a service for people, maybe it's you know the whole idea of crafting your particular profession that you're in and getting better at it for God's glory. Maybe it's you know starting some new initiative. I don't know, but it's this idea that you've got to tap into that creative flow at some level, and allow God to flow through you. Don't you love getting a project done? Especially us guys. Like we like to do things, a project. That's done. What do you think, honey? That's pretty good. Right? And she's like, Yeah, but could you just go and help with the kids right now because I'm overwhelmed, right? Or something else. You know, we like to do things, accomplish things, right? If you're in a job that never seems to accomplish anything, sometimes it's sort of difficult. It's like the inbox and the outbox just keeps flowing and I don't know where I'm at in this workspace. The idea of accomplishing and crafting and creating as artists. Um, is essential to our nature as well. And so we have to tap into that. So we live between these times of the, the first creation and the recreation, the recreating something anew. And in these times, um, Jesus came to his own and he spoke to them about it. Jesus pulled his disciples away. This is as he's sort of heading to the cross. And he says to them, Hey, don't get freaked out. He said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, in the eternal realm where I came from, uh, there are many rooms, many mansions we sometimes have it interpreted as. And if, you, if it were not so, uh, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? You see, Jesus with his disciples said, I, I want you to come with me to what's being recreated. And when I ascend to the Father and I send my spirit to be with you, I'm going to be crafting this eternity in this universe. And there's, there's a place for you to hang out. I don't fully understand, and he'll have to unpack that whole rooms, mansion kind of thing. But, you know, for us on the human level, we're trying to get a a grasp on it, and we have that kind of concept of a house, or, you know, I'm trying to save up for, you know, buying an upgrade house right now and try to slip in before the mortgage rates go up. We're consumed sometimes with our own space, right? (laughs) And he says, hey, chill, I'm creating you a place. And the reason he's creating us a place, and he says it somewhere else, he says because I want you to be where I am also. He wants us to be with him. And so in this creation to the new creation, what God's crafting is this beautiful epic story that's unfolding. And redemption through Christ, being able to draw us to himself, and then for him to be able to prepare our hearts to rule and reign with him for eternity. And it was an intimate conversation he was having with his disciples Because God didn't stay as this creator that was way far out there. He was not the absentee landlord who started it all up. It's called deism, by the way. Somebody who believes, oh, God exists, he created it all, but he's not intimately involved in life today. That's deistic, and a lot of the founders of this country actually were more deists than theists sometimes. And so it's this idea that the creator is somebody then who has this power to be intimately involved with our life, and he put himself in human flesh as we came through Christmas and celebrated the incarnation, and he put himself in the human flesh, and then he says, I want to not only live with you, I want to put my very spirit in you, and then I want to go to prepare a place for you, I want you to be with me forever, and then I want you to rule and reign with me through eternity. There's a pretty good storyline going on here. And this storyline, we need to unpack as believers because what we're calling others to, and somebody maybe in your family, somebody you're praying for in your workplace, you want them to see their life change. They need to get saved, right? They need Jesus. But they need to come not into just a point of salvation. They need to come into the big storyline. And you find these words of Jesus like in John 14 here where you're like, what? What are you talking about? Can you think about being one of those disciples? And you're like, "What? You're 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 going to prepare a place, a room for us? Can I pick the color and the carpet and the flooring? What? You know, we think such small ways, but it's that place of abiding and being with Him. You struggling this morning. Appreciated worship today a little bit more. Mellow, reflective, but understanding how great God is. Some of you need healing from brokenness today. Maybe no one else even knows about that brokenness. But part of your healing is knowing that God has a plan and a purpose for you that far exceeds your wildest imagination. Don't let Satan close your eyes, give you myopic vision to the problems at hand. Open them up to the wonder and the beauty that you serve a creator. And the creator is someone who dwells within If you're a follower of him and that creator is creating a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am there, there you may be also. And he says this statement, and you know the way where I'm going. He later says then right after this, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father, but through me. Do you want to be a part of the storyline or do you just want to watch it from a screen? You invite Jesus Christ into your life to not only be your savior, to be your leader, your Lord, your master creator. As he comes into your life and you follow his way, you will make your way to all that God is creating. You reject him you push back against him, you allow your defiant spirit, your double-mindedness, even maybe active rebellion, you will not experience the beauty and the wonder of that big picture. Just a couple other verses to throw at you that encourage me in the time and the season that we're in. We referenced it last week in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and Christ is in you, then you're a new creation. A new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. Ephesians two ten. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Here I talk to some people after church and say, "What'd you do this week?" Well, if you could talk to God and you said, what'd you do this week, God? You know what he'd say? He'd say, well, I've been working. Oh, you really? You've been working? I didn't know you worked. Yeah, I've been working. Well, what have you been working on? And he looks at you and he looks at me and he says, I've been working on you. What? Yeah, I've been working on you. Not to conform. But to be transformed, to be formed into my likeness, Jesus would say. We are his workmanship. He is crafting us. Unique personalities, different kinds of gifts, different passions, backgrounds, ethnicities, you name it. He has a plethora of diversity in his creation. But in all of it, he's working, and we are his workmanship. Not like he's working on us trying to get us conform, right? He's working on us and crafting us into something that is beautiful. And then, as he's working on us, he's going ahead of us, preparing good works in advance for us to do, for us to be the artist. I think it was a year ago, you guys were all sort of nice to me, and you said, Carrie, your office is lacking creativity. And um, it was. still is. And this picture was given to me, was passed on to me, and it hangs in my office. And this picture is a picture of what? A potter's wheel, clay, and a vessel that's being crafted. And it has a simple statement that's underneath it. And the simple statement that's underneath it is in the hands of the master. In the hands of the master. Do you know where this comes from, passage-wise? Jeremiah 18. Go back and read through it. I went down to the potter's house and I saw how the potter would craft and make something anew. And we find that in God's redemptive work, what he is doing is he is changing and transforming us into the vessels and the beauty that he wants. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And then the Philippians verse. Some of this, this is your favorite verse. Being confident of this, that he who began the good work in you will carry it on to completion until Christ returns. We are a work of art, and we are artists at work because we serve a creator God, and the creator God through his spirit dwells within us. What are you creating anew for 2022? Maybe there's a part two to your life. When Melissa and I came here, we weren't chasing Ryan because he went to Azusa Pacific, that kind of thing. We're like, oh, now that was a secondary. That was convenient. There was a calling for us to sort of do it again. And it's not been easy. It's been a journey. Southern California is not the Bible Belt. I'm learning that. Church after COVID is different than church before COVID. Learning that too. But God's calling us to craft and recreate a community of people that are fully alive in Christ and to his mission that he's called us to. And we're confident that he who began the good work in us and you will bring it to completion and we partner with him in that in our world I um, left on your seat this week another opportunity if you want to become a participating member of our church Um, just sort of a commitment thing that you can turn and pass in if you feel led but this crafting this creating a new part 2 continues to be about three of our key values which is disciple making community building and missional living and when i listen to the statements of scripture Statements like that we are called to go and make disciples of all people, as Matthew 28, 19 says, that we're commanded to love one another as Christ loved us, as John 13, 34 says. And then the Ephesians passage we just looked at, that we are crafted to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. All of that is part of this mastery of the potter, forming a healthy, biblically functioning community that can be a witness and a vibrant light to a lost world that desperately needs to know about the creator. I'm signing up again for 2022. It feels like that year of COVID, two years of COVID, right? Hopefully the Omicron thing's gonna wind down here in the next few weeks as they speculate. We can move on, right? But in the midst of whatever challenge our world may have, I want to craft and create beautiful communities of people that are about these three values. And I want to know, will you join us as the master creator creates us anew as a church on the other side of COVID to be able to be his light and his witness into our world and will we be able to see him craft stories of lives changed and transformed? At the men's retreat yesterday, there was a pastor uh, from a church. I, I thought The Awakening was an edgy name until I heard his church name. And uh, and his church name is Tougher Than Hell. I go, wow. The gates of hell shall not prevail, right? And uh, I'm like, that, that's quite a name. And, uh, but he was serving three life sentences, and God changed and transformed his life out of that, and he's now a pastor. You're going to like, what? How does that happen? Well, he's crafting stories in people's lives, changing, transforming them. I get an up-front seat, Melissa and I do, of how he's crafting, you know, Ryan's life and each of our kids, Zach's life and Levi's life and Grace's life, And, and you get up-front seats with your kids, but with your friends. We're in this together. Will you sign up? The participating membership kind of thing. Yeah, that's just one simple way to say, hey, I'm in. You know, I'm going to make some things happen. Whether you feel led or do that or not this morning, that's up to you. But you have that opportunity again. And uh, we have a congregational meeting that's a week from this Sunday night, right? And after our chili party. And yeah, we have some things we vote on and all that kind of cool stuff for those who are participating members. But it's much grander than a vision of just signing up, being on a list, and being a part of a club. That's not what I'm interested in. I want to call you into the grandeur of what God's doing, his beautiful creation in this world. And don't lose sight of the wonder and even the mystery of what we get to be a part of in this day and age for the years that God gives us. So that's your call. The other side of that sheet is your rooted sheet. You want to see God bring transformation to you? Consider going on a journey of 10 weeks, intently allowing the Holy Spirit to form you into the likeness of Christ and for the beauty of who he's called you to be because Rooted is about three things. It's about connecting with God, connecting with his church, and connecting with your purpose. Your purpose is what he's crafting in your life. And you need to be hungry for that and to be around others who are hungry for it. Ten weeks, it goes by pretty quick. It's a hard commitment, I know, but make it, sign up for it, be a part of Rooted as it's starting up here in a few weeks. My last passage is this passage in Hebrews ten twenty four. Let us consider then how we may spur one another on towards love and to good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more. As what? As that day is approaching. Make a commitment to be a part of the body of Christ because God is not just crafting individuals. This is important. He is crafting communities of people that are alight. I've been f- front seat this last week to something that's being crafted in this very building. I mentioned last week that there was a private education association that is starting some alternative kinds of ways for education to happen with K through 12. And it's been a little bit of a A crazy week. Crazy in a good way. Because I see what God's crafting is not individual kids' lives, but I also see Him crafting the community of some parents and some educators and and, uh, some helpers that are coming together to craft what's called Brightwood Center. And I'm like, that's beautiful. It's messy, it's tough, but that's beautiful. God's creating community. God's creating community for us as a church. There were several churches at the men's retreat. He's creating communities there. And so we need to be about this connectedness stuff, knowing that we should not neglect the assembly, the gathering of people. Zoom calls don't cut it. We're starting starting to learn that, both in the marketplace, in schools, in our homes, at churches. We need to be together. We need to love one another, encourage one another. We need to see God work in the midst of, of a body of people and that's what he's called us to as a church i'm going to ask the ushers if they take their places to receive the lord's tithes and offerings as well as your connect cards maybe your rooted sign up maybe your participating membership sign up but as we close i'm not extending this to part three next week you're going oh that's good i think i got it it's good been weighing before the Lord what he wants us to do for the next series. But I want us to make a formative commitment at the beginning of 2022 as a church family to be at it, like I said last week. I don't want to miss out on something that God wants to create because we have been negligent to come together as a people to see it happen. We need people jumping in. It was sort of fun to see Chuck up here. God brought us Chuck and he's working with part of the team and, and Matthew's back there and Randall is over here and Brenna's back here. That, that team of people coming together for our students is pretty cool. We need all hands on deck to make things happen. Whether it's in children's ministry, student ministry, whether it's with greeters, whether it's uh, with people running meals to people, maybe it's being a part of the worship team as we continue to wrestle with what God's new day is for us, with bringing a new worship leader. We just pray that everybody would have all hands on tech and let's make it happen. Not because we're the ones making it happen, but we have to offer ourselves to God. And as we offer ourselves to God, the creator of the universe takes our lives, transforms them, renews them, brings us together in community and sends us on mission until he comes again. That's the wonder of the life that I want us to be a part of this year. Will you stand with me? I want you to just simply lift your hands to the Lord. And I know there's special needs that might be a part of your life today. Um, I'm going to ask the prayer workers, Mike's over here. If you want to pray with somebody, come up here. They're more than glad to pray with you in any particular need you have over here in the prayer area after service. But just lift your hands to God, and I want to pronounce a blessing of the Creator upon us as a people. Holy God, Creator of the heavens and the earth, you who are present through your very Spirit, hovering not over the waters of the deep, but hovering over a body of people called the Awakening Church. God, Creator, may you infill the lives of your followers, and may you infill their lives with inspiration and motivation and power to accomplish this year, which you've set before them as individuals and families. And Lord, may you infill them so that we as a church would be filled to the full to accomplish what you've called us to do this year. So Holy Spirit, to send afresh and anew, send us out today to be able to be your hands and feet, to be able to be your works of art, But may we be able to be crafting the artworks of others as we encourage them. God bless. Amen and amen. We'll see you next week.